And that, that's another sentiment that I suggest all leaders should take in mind when they're speaking before an audience or even in a small setting, three, four people. Read the room. People will give you their feedback based on their body language gestures. You know, somebody all of a sudden starts to sit back and you 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 know that uh, for that moment, they are not aligned with what it is that you're saying or they're tired or something of that nature. So you take notice of little body language gestures and as a leader, you'll become more of a leader. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Well, Happy New Year. We've made it to 2024. And yes, I have more, more value for you through these podcasts I do. And I do like to rhyme, but that's enough for this time. So let's get on with the show for today. Of course, I couldn't resist a little rhyme to kick off the new year. You know how I like to uh, dive deep into skills that make great leaders like you truly stand out. So today we're exploring a topic that speaks volumes without saying a word. Have you ever wondered how some leaders can command a room without uttering a single sentence? Or how just the most subtle gestures can make a monumental impact? We're talking about the art of body language. Imagine being able to convey confidence, empathy, and authority all without saying a word. That's the power of mastering body language. And it's like having a secret language that can elevate your leadership to new heights. Think about what messages you might be sending unknowingly and get better at reading the room, which we'll talk about. To help unravel the secrets of body language that every leader needs to know, I'm excited to share my conversation with Greg Williams. Greg is known as the master negotiator and body language expert. He studied and practiced negotiation tactics and strategies for more than 30 years. He spent over 20 years studying the way body language can affect negotiation outcomes. And he does speaking, consulting, and training on the topic. He's been featured in major media like ABC, Fox, Fox Business, MSNBC, CNN. Greg is author of Negotiating with a Bully and another book called Body Language Secrets to Win More Negotiations and five other books on negotiation and reading body language. It was fun to speak with him. So Greg will shed light on how body language can make or break your leadership. So sit up tall, which you should be doing anyway, even when people aren't watching, and enjoy my conversation with Greg Williams. Greg, welcome to CEO On The Go podcast. Thank you, Gail. And I'm looking forward to a very interactive and enlightening conversation. Yes, I wish it could be on video. And I mentioned we might be able to get some clips, but I have to admit, I feel a little self-conscious even on uh, Zoom here to 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 think that you might be interpreting how I'm using my body language. So I can't wait to jump in and learn more and make sure that I'm improving the way that I'm doing that. But I, I know you've written an article recently, and we'll include it in the show notes, talking about 10 different ways that uh, people might be using body language. And, and I, I'll put that out there as a resource. But 
you know, we're speaking to a leadership audience. So obviously, the first question is, why is this so critically important to leaders? I think a lot of them don't realize the messages that they're putting out there. So help us make the case for why leaders really need to listen up today. Well, I'll tell you, uh, to your question about why leadership should be so more, should be much more aware of their body language, it's because their body language conveys hidden signals, hidden meanings to which people will perceive and make an opinion based on not necessarily the words they hear, but what it is that they see that accompanies the words. And thus, if a CEO or anyone in leadership said, <clears throat> Today, we're going to have a thrilling time as we engage with one another. And let's say they're frowning while they're saying that. In that particular case, the words themselves, the way they were spoken is taking people down, and the body language would even take them further down, as opposed to a leader saying, today, we're going to have a very interactive opportunity to really engage and broaden our horizons while that leader is smiling, leaning forward, and using hand gestures that are open, uh, moving the hand away from the body as opposed to closer towards the body, which would indicate the latter, that, well, I'm going to be somewhat protective of myself. And the reason that's important is because the body always attempts to stay in a state of comfort. And thus, anyone in leadership when, when someone in leadership displays a gesture such as rubbing their arm or whatever, they're signaling that they're not necessarily in a state of comfort. So, yeah, so it's it's looking at their own comfort zone. And so if people are accustomed to being a certain way, it seems like they might feel unnatural, at least initially trying something different, like it might be contrived. So how do, how do you work that so that it comes across as as being congruent with who you are? Well, first of all, anyone in leadership is accustomed to being multiple personalities. Yeah, or should be. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, that that's a good statement right there, or should be. Because if they're not, Gail, more than likely, they're not going to rise to the heights that they could have risen otherwise. And thus, they need to be um, um, aware of exactly what gestures they're emitting in different situations based on the individuals with whom they are engaged. So, if a leader feels inauthentic simply because they have to present themselves at a board meeting differently than they would with subordinates, they need to, to truly practice, number one, coming across in a more confident manner speaking such that people can perceive them as being someone in the leadership position and then displaying the body language that's synchronized with it. Let's say they wish, boy, the listeners did not see the gesture I just admitted. I actually threw a hand out there and I was saying, or to emphasize what I was about to say. And those are the type of gestures that will come naturally if a leader feels confident enough to actually display who they are in that particular environment. And they should psych themselves up to do so prior to going into the environment. How does one psych themselves up to do so, you might ask? They actually think about what might occur in the environment, how they might address that particular situation, and what body language gestures they might emit in that particular situation. Now, what they are doing there is not only anticipating what might occur, but they're preparing themselves mentally or such, so that they're not caught off guard if by chance something 
does come up that they had not considered because you always do a what if scenario. And since my expertise is in negotiation and body language, I always talk about the fact that you're always negotiating. So you anticipate what's going to occur, how you're going to react and the body language that you wish to display. That's how they prepare. Yeah. Cause I hear so many people say, well, I hate negotiating or I'm not good at negotiating, but yeah, they're doing it all the time. Exactly, Gail. And the point is, people say they hate to negotiate. And I've heard several people say that in high leadership roles. And my question to them is, well, do you think by chance you might be robbing someone of the opportunities to understand more about yourself, the proposal that you're making? Uh, Well, what do you mean by that, Greg? Well, you actually have to negotiate with that individual or entity to the degree that you give them enough information that they buy into whatever it is that you're offering them. And and as a leader, we always have to make sure that our followers feel secure enough to follow us. And that's nothing more than a negotiation. Yeah, that's a great point. And I love uh, a point you made earlier, we did about just the need to care about this issue, to care about how they're coming across. I've worked with some executives who say, that's just the way I am. People need to understand you know, I'm a fast talker, or I get to my point, or I don't want to chit chat. That's just my style. They almost defend how they are, and they don't show a willingness to be able to practice some of the things that you're talking about. So I just wanted to reinforce the importance of staying open and being willing to to look at yourself differently and try some new things. Definitely so. And when I coach CEOs with that type of attitude, Gail, first thing I tell them is, it's not about me, it's about we from their perspective, because if it's all about yourself, well, that's just the way I am. Uh, you got to be that way because of something. And more than likely, you're not communicating as effectively as you could if you were open-minded enough to understand. Each environment needs to assess the skill, or in each environment, you need to assess what skills you're going to display, be it negotiation or reading body language, as I alluded to a moment ago. And by doing so, you become more authentic because you're talking to a particular entity, and it's not just a canned presentation that you're making. Yeah, that makes sense. So what advice do you have for executives who often have to walk into very tense environments where there's conflict? Or where um, sometimes you know they're they're surprises. They don't know what to expect. They just know there will be surprises. But it's there's just some tension that you can feel when you walk in the room. And you said preparing for that mentally. Are there certain gestures or ways that they need to to hold themselves to make sure that they're creating the right message walking into that? Well, again, yes, you do need to assess what the situation might be that you're walking into as a leader. And let's say you have hostile forces that are competing for whatever resources that are in, let's say, a corporation, as an example. Well, to what degree can both of these forces benefit from one particular solution is what you would look at as a leader and make the assessment of how you're going to sell it to either group. Does each group need something differently or a component That would make them both look at the situation that you would offer as being beneficial to their cause. Why are they confronting one another as far as competing for that particular resources? What's behind it? Who are the real um, stakeholders? And those two groups is what you need to assess. And in some cases, before you enter that meeting, you it would 
be beneficial to pull those stakeholders together from those two groups and have them actually make a discussion of value. And when I say make a discussion or have a discussion of value, I'm saying, tell them as the leader, tell them, hey, leave your egos at the door, guys. What we're going to do in this particular situation is search for a better cause that your followers, your members can actually buy into. Now, you get those stakeholders to buy into it, and they should have the leverage to help their followers buy into the overall solution that you are going to announce to the group. And then here's a, here's a trick that I learned many years ago in politics. At the beginning of the meeting, <laughs> you have those stakeholders right there up front with you. Because two things can happen in that situation. Number one, you want to send a silent message through the picturing, the positioning of all of that. Just visually seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Gail. I get yeah, that. You the, yeah, you hit the nail on the head um, that, hey, we're together in this. And it kind of makes uh, it more difficult for those stakeholders to then either find fault with what's going to be said and or be disingenuous by not going along with whatever the leadership has actually come up with. Now, there's a backlash that could occur, too, because, again, people always read body language gestures. And if some of the stakeholders all of a sudden start rolling their eyes or something of that nature. So in your preparation, you can actually say to the stakeholders, these are some gestures I would suggest you stay away from. <laughs> <You know? laughs> to so call it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I just had that happen in a recent meeting that went on and on and on. It was exceptionally long. And people were just almost slumped over in their chairs. You know, they, they had glazed looks. And somebody in the room uh, was brave enough to point that out, to say, look, look at this room. We need to stop. Like this is this is enough for now. And I appreciated that. I thought that that was a good call to to point out what what you're observing. You can always test it, right? People could always say, "Oh no, no, I was just daydreaming," <laughs> but it was pretty evident what what many of us were feeling in that room. Was that the leader that said that, or was it someone close to leadership? It was someone close to leadership. Yeah, it was not the not the person in charge of the meeting. Yeah, it was a participant in the room. Interesting. And how were they received? Uh, I think that was acknowledged well. It was almost like, yes, finally somebody's acknowledging, you know, what we're talking about. I don't know exactly how it was received by the leader, but it, you know, it it's not uncommon though to be in those situations where somebody gets to the point where they say, let's read the room. This is what I'm mm -hmm, seeing mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that that's another sentiment that I suggest all leaders should take in mind when they're speaking before an audience or even in a small setting, three, four people, read the room. People will give you their feedback based on their body language gestures. You know, somebody all of a sudden starts to sit back and you 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 know that uh, for that moment, they are not aligned with what it is that you're saying or they're tired or something of that nature. So you take notice of little body language gestures and as a leader, you'll become more of a leader. Yeah, interesting. I'm curious to know, do you see differences between men and women in terms of how they use their gestures and specifically as it relates to leaders? Any observations there? Uh, definitely so. And the reason I say definitely so is because, uh, how do I say this? Uh, because of a woman's anatomy, she may uh, hold her body or display her body language gestures differently simply because 
she may be uncomfortable at a particular point in time because of the environment itself, uh, as far as temperature or something of that nature. And uh, people need to be aware of the fact that men and women may display different gestures at different times for different reasons. And how do you know that a person is displaying, for example, if they have crossed arms that they are not open to receiving whatever is being discussed? You actually observe how that particular individual uses his or her body language prior to entering whatever environment you think you'll be in when you need to be more observant and more cognizant of how they use their body language. Because what you're doing in the first situation is establishing the baseline for how that person uses their body language, when they use their body language, and under what circumstances they use it. And to the degree that some women feel as though they need to display stronger gestures because females in a uh, what what some call a male world, <laughs> uh, they may be overly aggressive simply because they feel as though they have to compensate. In reality, if a man did the same thing or performed the same gestures, he'd be considered, oh yeah, well, he's a man. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so one needs to be observant of how that person reacts in a normal environment, how they react when they become stressed, and then you really have something to compare against. Yes, that makes sense. Um, can you speak to some of the differences that leaders need to be aware of on Zoom when you're in a virtual meeting versus in person? Well, a lot of times when I'm interviewed about Zoom and body language, I tell people, you can actually observe folks better in a Zoom environment at times than you can if you're standing face-to-face -face with them. Why? Because you, depending upon the size of the screen or which, on which you're viewing them, you can see more of their facial features, more of their smiles, fake smiles. Uh, you're, you're actually in agreement right now as you are nodding your head. Uh, and, and see, by looking at those gestures and you have the smile on your face also, I wish listeners could actually see. Maybe we'll get this clip because you use a lot of hand gestures that I notice are up within view of the camera too. And I don't know if that's deliberate, but to help emphasize your point, or maybe that's just the way that you normally talk. Well, Yes and yes. <laughs> because remember, the body wants to let out what it's feeling. And as it's doing so, it expresses itself not only through hand gestures, but at the same time, like I said, through the facial maneuvers that one emits while they're actually in thought mode, while they're actually responding, etc. And if you notice, my hand gestures were aligned. I said, as you're responding, Helping the words come out of my mouth is something that would be noted by that particular gesture of my hand moving away from my mouth towards you in this particular case as I'm speaking. Those are gestures that you can observe on Zoom that you may or may not observe in a face-to-face -face environment simply because you were taken in more of that person's body language gestures. So in Zoom, leaders can actually observe more information or glean more information from the individuals or groups of individuals individuals with whom they are speaking, especially if you have a screen that's large enough to capture some of those gestures that they're making. Yeah. And I was just going to add to that, I guess, a, a basic tip is to make sure the cam camera angle is good, that you're in view as a leader. People need to see you especially uh, and to ask the other people to make sure that they're uh, that you can see them, that they're maybe sitting up a little bit closer or leaning in more, whatever it takes to make sure that you can get the best read of the room virtually. Definitely so. And 
good lighting. Because if a leader happens to be shadowed uh, as a result of bad lighting or something of that nature, that casts a more dastardly appearance on the leader. And hey, the leader may be an open, giving, outgoing type of individual, but that can, that bad lighting can cast a shadow of doubt about the degree of sincerity from which the leader is actually speaking. So there are all kinds of nonverbal signals that we emit, even based on the environment that we're in, the lighting, let's say if the lighting is too bright, well, then the leader may look washed out. Uh, and if the leader looks washed out, you know, there was something about that person as they were speaking that I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if the message was sincere or if something didn't come across. I don't know what I was perceiving, but there was something off. Yeah, well, okay, what was off was the intuitiveness that you were sensing about the lighting in that particular situation, and you started inferring all kinds of negativity because of that. So leaders need to be aware of a lot, for sure. That's amazing, all those nuances. So where should they start? You know, because leaders already think they've got so much on their plate, <laughs> and they're they're just trying to get through the day sometimes, and this might be something else that they're thinking, wow, well, okay, this is an area I want to improve in. What would be an easy starting place for them to increase their awareness around this and make some positive change where they need to? Well, first, recognize the fact that body language plays a very important role in the perception of one's leadership abilities. I mean, that that's ground one, level one, as it were. And then I'm not necessarily saying you should follow someone such as of my stature uh, that has written seven books. Boy, doesn't hmm. he sound commercial? Just a few, but, okay? Uh, yeah, exactly. But but the fact is, learn from others about the body language gestures that you can display in different environments. And sure, you may have a lot on your plate, but think about to what degree you could enhance what was on your plate if you projected yourself as a stronger leader. People would be more willing to actually allow you to give them things that you delegated to them and run with that, thus freeing you up to address other activities. Negotiation and body language is something that leaders constantly do. If they learn to do it better, they will become better leaders. Yeah, really good. So we're airing this episode close to the new year. So I was curious to know if you have, um, you know, a major tip or something that maybe a challenge or something that listeners need to be doing to make sure that they're maybe, I don't know, starting a new habit or something to help them increase their effectiveness in this area to really set a strong intention. Well, let's go back to exactly what I said a moment ago, because, hey, what happens during the holiday season? Eh, people tend to be a little looser with what they eat and so forth and so on. People tend to pick up weight. So in January, folks will talk about, oh, it's time to get off the weight and yada, 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 yada. Again, focus on becoming a better negotiator and reading body language. Those are the tips that I would truly offer. There are times when I walk up to people in an airport and just simply ask them, you know, I saw such and such body language gestures you emitted. And uh, I introduce myself and I'll, I'll say, I'd just like to know to what degree I was on target. And they'll give me feedback after they look at me to see exactly, well, is this guy really strange or not? But uh, they'll give me feedback that will actually allow me to hone my skills. That's what I would suggest leaders do. Observe people that are just communicating. And from time to time, if they happen to be your subordinates or if they happen to be your peers, ask them, you know, I was just sensing what I 
thought you were discussing or what your emotions were, and I'm trying to hone my body language skills such that I increase them. Can you just tell me to what degree I was accurate? I mean, practice, 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 because in reality, leaders are always practicing anyway. They need to raise their awareness to become better at it. I love that tip because we do make assumptions. I know I've been guilty. I'm guessing you may have, may, may have been too back in the day before you knew all about this, but like speaking to a group and maybe seeing people in the audience that are not smiling or they appear maybe to be bored, but I realize sometimes they're just thinking or processing, right? So it, it's important to test that out. Like you see, maybe after, like I would always ask them afterwards, like was... <laughs> Was something wrong or was I off? And then go, no, like we were really just processing this information. So it, it, be careful about assumptions that you make, right? I love that tip. Uh, definitely so. And sometimes if I'm speaking in small audiences, uh, let's say 50 and below, if I see someone with a particular reaction, such as uh, either zoning out or something of that nature, I will literally start walking closer towards them and I'll observe that person's body language shift. And what I will do and have done in some situations also is actually ask someone, you know, you have an interesting uh, display right now. Uh, yes, you, sir. Yes. Can you come up for a moment <laughs> like that? Yeah, that? That does several that things. That will get engagement. <laughs> yes, it, it does get engagement. And it says to other people, whoa, I better pay more attention to what's going on. I don't want to get up there. But I have fun with the individual that I bring up and I don't embarrass that person. I turn that person into a star. So then it even enlivens the the uh, presentation more and the audience becomes more engaged. Yeah, really good. Leaders can do that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so grateful that you could introduce this topic to my audience because we haven't talked about it before and to kickstart the new year, you know, with wanting to take it up a notch. I think this is a great uh, field for people to play with and see what they can do differently to improve their leadership this year. Um, I wanted to to give you the opportunity to share how people can reach out to you or learn more about the good work that you're doing. So what's the best way for them to connect? Well, they can actually go to my website and I have a lot of free information there about negotiation and reading body language. And the website is www.themastermastergo.com. T-I-A-T-O-R.com. They can also reach me at Greg, G-R-E-G, at TheMasterNegotiator.com. One, one other thing, too. If someone contacts you, I will give them a free PDF download that has uh, not only tips on negotiation and body language, but there are QR codes in that free download PDF that allows them to actually see in live and living color, as it were, some of the gestures that I talk about from time to time and some that we've covered in this interview. Good. Yes. And many of which will be in the article too, that we'll include in the show notes. And I encourage leaders sh share this information with your teams. Don't let you be the only one learning here. All learn together and model uh, what you can do together to increase the effectiveness of everyone. Well, thanks again, Greg. And I wish you the best new year and look forward to staying in touch. Thank you, Gail. It's been my pleasure. Good. And for everyone else listening in, I hope you have a great rest of the week, becoming more aware of your body language and doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. 
You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.